1: Bringing community mental health to you,
0: raising awareness and challenging stigma. Tune in to 3CR Community Radio, Wednesdays at 5pm.
1: Melbourne's Drive Time Radio program, featuring community organisations, powerful stories and information. Find us at
0: brainways.org.au. Proudly sponsored by Wellways Australia.
1: I would like to begin by paying my respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation who are the traditional custodians of the land on which I am coming to you from today. Land where at Brainwaves we tell our stories, and land where the traditional custodians have told their stories for many, many years before us, and continue to tell their stories. I would like to pay my respects to Elders past and present, and acknowledge all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander listeners who are listening today. So I'd like to begin by acknowledging the traditional owners on the land of which we meet. And here in beautiful Newcastle and New South Wales, I am on Awabakal land and I pay my respects to Elders past and present. And I invite you to acknowledge the land on where you are this evening or today.
0: Thank you, Dr. Sally Fitzpatrick. That was lovely and very poignant as well. Firstly, I'd like to give a content warning about the subject of today's show, which discusses suicide and attempted suicide. Should this present problems for you, support can be found at Lifeline on 131114 and Beyond Blue on 1300 224636. My name is Susie Leach and I'll be chatting today to Dr Sally Fitzpatrick, the Program Manager at EveryMind. Sally is a clinical psychologist and researcher who also works with both the University of Newcastle and Macquarie University. Sally is absolutely passionate about prevention of mental ill health and evidence-based treatment of people who develop mental illness. Sally also has a track record of securing grants including for organisations such as Movember, Australian Rotary Health and Suicide and Prevention Australia. Sally is also very widely published. Sally presents findings both nationally and on the international stage. Listeners will be able to find links to some important publications in the show notes of the podcast, which will come up after this episode. In addition to all of the above, Sally also supervises PhD students and was awarded the 2020 Newcastle Permanent Research Mentor of the Year. Hello, Dr Sally Fitzpatrick, and welcome to Brainwaves. Thank you for having me, Susie. I'm really excited to be here. Look, Sally, firstly, what caused you to enter this field of work and research?
1: I've been a clinical psychologist and a researcher. That's my background and my training. And I've been doing this for, I suppose, about 30 years now and really working with families and people experiencing mental illness and with a living experience of suicide. And I've really, really loved this work. But a couple of things have really stood out to me over that time and I suppose the very first of those is that more than half of all Australians with anxiety, depression or suicidal distress don't actually go and seek formal support or treatment. They just don't come to see a psychologist which means they're not getting help and the support they do receive therefore is likely to come from those around them, from their family and friends and so the second thing I noticed then is that we don't actually help those family and friends in this supporting role. And that's the the really big focus of our work at EveryMind is really to support family and friends, support other people. We always need to help those that are in distress, but we're also going to really need to help the people around them to know how to provide that support and look after themselves. And that's what motivates me at the moment to get out of bed every day and come and do this work.
0: And it's actually a very... Um niche area to be in as well, because there's not a lot of people cover or organisations cover that sort of support.
1: No, um, they don't. Most of the work is is focused on the person in distress and we don't spend enough time supporting the people around them. Yeah.
0: And it's the holistic, it's important to have that holistic type of um, support, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. So we know that people will do better when they're given support, but we know that they'll also do better when the people around them are able to support them because really if you see a psychologist or go and see a mental health professional, it's one hour a week. What happens for the rest of the time, really the main support's going to come from the people in your life.
0: Absolutely. Well, the number one piece of advice I would give to a caregiver, especially in the presence of the danger of suicide ideation, would be look after yourself so you can look after the person that you care for. You have to... Remember to be kind to yourself, to look after yourself, and to at times put yourself first. It's okay to do things for you and take time to do things that make our soul happy and that re-energise us and refill our tank. And sometimes it's okay to step back from that sense of responsibility and obligation to do just that because you Need to and will have the strength for the people that you're supporting. Can you tell us about the organisation EveryMind? For example, when it started, its focus, etc.
1: Absolutely. So, EveryMind is a national institute and we're based in beautiful New South Wales in Newcastle, about two hours north of Sydney. We originally began as the Hutter Institute for Mental Health and Our first role really was about training or developing training programs for psychologists. But we've really moved on since that time. We've now been here for 30 years. We celebrated our 30th anniversary last year. And our focus now is on developing and delivering programs on the prevention of mental ill health and suicide. And we work with organizations and communities on prevention-based programs across five main areas. Including how to communicate about mental health and suicide, how to understand more about these areas. But the area of work that I do at Every Mind is focused on families and caregivers. And we have a a program of work called Minds Together, which is a collection of resources and online and face to face programs for family and friends of someone in their life who may be anxious, depressed, or have a living experience of suicide. And that's where my focus is. Okay.
0: First of all, can you tell? us about the research projects being undertaken by EveryMind, talking about best practice, you know, collaboration, evidence-based factors, all that sort of thing? It's a
1: fantastic question. I love research and I'm more than happy to talk about research whenever I get the opportunity. And research really is one of those enablers of our work at EveryMind. We want our work to be based on evidence. We want to use this evidence to develop and improve our programs. And to be able to do this, we look at what previous researchers found, and then we go and spend a lot of time talking to those people who are the focus of our programs. So for Minds Together, we have spent a lot of time talking to different family and friends about supporting someone in their life, what they like about that role, what they find hard, and what they need in their supporting role. And then we put all of that together. We put the research, the voice of lived experience together, and we develop our programs Then we go out and we test them to make sure that they do what we expect them to do. And then we run them out across Australia um, so that all Australians will have access to free programs where they work, live and play, and that are easily available and accessible to them.
0: Okay. Talk a little bit more in more detail, Sally, if you can, about um, the Minds Together program. So you said about the voice of lived experience, for example, how do you How does that work in real life? Like phone interviews or?
1: Yeah, so Minds Together is a suite of either face to face or free online programs. And they're aimed at partners, spouses, family members, friends, colleagues, anyone who really does provide support for someone experiencing mental ill health or suicidal distress. Um, So, as family and friends, we always want to support someone in our life who's traveling, not traveling so well. But, you know, most of the time we really don't know how to do that. We don't know whether we should talk to someone. We don't know whether we should leave them alone. We don't know whether we should insist that they stay connected to their friends. We don't know whether to give them space. So, family and friends often have a lot of questions about how to respond. And the Minds Together program really provides them with a lot of information and strategies on how to do those sorts of things, on how to manage the responsibilities um, for sharing the load of the role that they're doing, how to develop healthy coping strategies, how to communicate with the person they're supporting and maintain that relationship, and how to maintain hope for their future regardless of the recovery stage of the person they support. So the program is really flexible. Um, The online programs are free and people work through them at their own pace.
0: Yes, and I guess a, a tricky question um, for relatives is the concept of actually for relatives, carers and friends is the concept of actually discussing and using the word suicide because some people would feel that they might be triggering it or by even put it, or putting it into an individual's head. What would you have to say about that as a psychologist?
1: Absolutely. So we know in Australia that around sixty five thousand Australians are going to attempt suicide every year and most of them don't present to a health service, which really means that family and friends are doing most of the, the practical and emotional support. But with that support comes a lot of emotions, doesn't it? It's There's a lot of feelings of guilt, anger at why they would even attempt suicide, um, a sense of insecurity, shame, what, what do I do, and even betrayal. And to be able to address that and address those feelings it's really important for us to have a language around how to talk to the person in our life who may have attempted suicide and part of the resources within our online program for family and friends of someone who has attempted suicide is how to have those conversations how do you actually talk to someone and start the conversation around expressing how you feel understanding how they feel and actually what they want you to be able to do for them hard conversations to have but we step people through them.
0: Yeah and I guess I feel and I'm sure you do for the people that aren't in a position to have support of family, friends or carers um, and I guess we lose a lot of those people every year, That people with no support. No support.
1: It's, it's a really good point. One of the things that we've learnt in doing this work at EveryMind is that supporters of people who have attempted suicide can be really wide. So it might be a family member, it might be a mum or a dad, but you know, it's very often the mate down at the pub. It's yes. very often someone that you play sport with. Mm. It's very often a colleague at work. So it it doesn't have to be someone who's in the immediate vicinity of your life, but reaching out knowing that you know if you have a connection with someone, they might be the person that it's okay to talk to.
0: Yes. Um now minds together also have I got this right, looks after uh, paramedics? So we have two
1: programs going at the moment. The first is for family and friends supporting someone who's attempted suicide. But we also have this other program focused on first responders. And we, um, we've we started really with that program with paramedics. So we have 21,000 paramedics in Australia. And I think most people would agree they're one of our most trusted professions. They really are the people that are there, for us in our time of need. But we also know that their their job comes with high stress, comes with exposure to trauma, they work really long shift hours, and paramedics are pretty poor in seeking help for themselves. They're very good at being able to provide support for others, but they don't want to create distress by sharing their own distress. What that means for them is that they're more than likely, well, they're actually twice as likely as the general population to experience their own mental ill health. So they have high levels of depression, high levels of anxiety, post-traumatic stress disorder and of suicidal distress. So um, supporting the people around paramedics is really, really important if we want them to be able to move through their journey and continue to be able to work effectively.
0: Yes, and I guess a key part of that would be trying to make the people around paramedics aware of the extraordinary stress that they're under and the trauma that they have to deal with on a daily basis. And, you know, they often appear stoic. I think I've used that word before, um, but they're internalizing probably all that stress. And at some stage, it's got to come out or often comes out.
1: A hundred percent, you are completely right. So paramedics or family and friends of paramedics will often tell us that their their paramedic comes home and doesn't talk about their day. They just don't want to be able to to share what's going on. And those family and friends find that really hard. As a paramedic, people often think about saving lives as being something physically that we do. Clearly, though, you save lives through connection, through kindness, through listening, through compassion, through supporting people with their stuff. That's That saves lives, um, and that saves a lot of lives, yeah? So um, I, I love the program. I think it's a wonderful thing that we support, not just paramedics, but their spouses, families, children, all sorts of things, because, you know, if we don't, we lose people, and, and that's too high a price to Definitely. pay. It's really interesting. You talk to paramedics and you you ask them about that and, and why they find it really hard to share. And a lot of them say to us, when we put on that uniform, that's our super uniform. Mm. And to be able to get through on a daily basis, to cope with the things that we see, some days just might be trauma after trauma after trauma, lots and lots of jobs. You don't know what the next day is going to bring that when you put on that uniform, that's your way of coping and we don't want anything to get through that uniform, which means we, we're we reluctant to, to recognise that maybe things are affecting us the way that we don't want them to affect us um, and if we put on the uniform, we don't want those feelings to be there. So, the uniform means our own security also means that we don't talk about those sorts of things to, to our family and friends. And, that, and that's one of the biggest challenges in this area is it's actually saying to paramedics, it's okay not to be okay. Yes. Okay for you to feel that stress. So okay
0: quote, it's okay, okay, okay not to be okay. Yes, a very important quote. Okay, what other to... things affect um, paramedics that ordinary people wouldn't be aware of apart from the actual trauma that, and stress that they deal with and not seeking help? you know for example the impacts of shift work and um disrupted sleep patterns i think one of
1: the the biggest challenges for paramedics is the the work environment that they work in so they they do have shift work and we know that that always impacts on sleep when it goes on for a very long time they don't know what the next day is going to bring and a lot of it, paramedics actually enjoy that they um they really appreciate the variety in their their roles But for those days where you go to a scene and you have a a traumatic incident happening, you go back to base, clean the van, go straight out to another scene, the accumulation of trauma can really um, build up over time. And on top of that, paramedics don't necessarily get partnered with the same person all the time. So that building of relationships that may allow you to talk through some of those experiences isn't necessarily always there. And paramedics that have been doing the job for quite a long time tell us that the the work environment has changed in that way. We know that ambulance services right across Australia are working really hard with paramedics to support them in their role. And that's really important. I think the missing piece is that we also need to support those family and friends around the paramedic to also be able to support them and to know how to cope for themselves when their paramedic comes home.
0: Mm. Because I guess if they're going from one job to another, one traumatic from one traumatic event to another, and they're not getting to debrief in between or process what they've actually experienced. So it's important for relatives to have an understanding of that as well.
1: For, for relatives to understand that that's what the job is like and for relatives to know how to respond. And, you know, it's okay if you are supporting a paramedic and they come home and they don't want to talk. Well, maybe that's actually Okay. Maybe there are other things that they can be doing or times where it is more appropriate to talk. And that's the sort of communication um, measures that we we try and work with family and friends about is to to, to work out how do you communicate and know when to have a conversation, when to step back from a conversation. Mm. They're not always easy things to work out. They're not, absolutely. It's vital to be supported as a carer because you really can't keep caring for someone if you're not doing okay yourself. So you really um, need to be first aware of how well you're doing. I always make sure that I'm doing okay mentally, you know, if I'm in a position where I do need to give greater care.
0: Uh, I relate to what you said earlier about... um paramedics enjoying the variety of work I worked in A&E about half a century ago and that's I preferred that to working on wards because every day was different I didn't like the ward routines much
1: um, yeah they they love the variety and caring for other people is in their DNA so yes. paramedics absolutely want to be able to support other people we need to be able to support them too
0: yes Sally, is there anything else you'd like to tell us about EveryMind that we haven't been able to discuss in this very short podcast?
1: EveryMind is very much focused on the prevention of mental ill health and suicide. We know that 25% of Australians will experience a mental health disorder in any 12 months. We know that 3,000 Australians die by suicide. We know that 65,000 Australians attempt suicide. And we need to have a system to be able to support those people in their moments of distress. But doing that on an individual basis is very resource intensive and very expensive. What we believe is that while it's important to do that and we absolutely need to have those services in place, what we also need to match with that is a prevention focus where we are trying to reduce the prevalence of mental ill health or suicide or to reduce the negative effects of mental ill health or suicide when they occur and so our programs are very much focused on that upstream approach trying to stop things from happening or reducing the the, the negative outcomes when they do occur
0: Sally in the situation where someone succeeds in ending their life do you provide ongoing support to the people that have been involved In Every Mind? So, the
1: programs that we run at Every Mind don't tend to be so much um, directly service provision focused. What we do is we develop programs that we then implement into communities for those communities to be able to provide that support. There are organizations in Australia, such as Roses in the Ocean, a wonderful organization based out of Queensland, that do a lot of that postvention. Type of support where um, they will support family and friends of someone bereaved by suicide, um, and and work with them through that that transition of being a, a family member before the suicide occurred, and then how to be able to to pick up their lives and keep going after the suicide. It's very specific work, but there are organisations out there to absolutely help those those people in that circumstance.
0: Well, I think the work you're doing, the preventative work and the support work is very, very important. And those organisations sound um, brilliant too. Sally, how can interested listeners become involved in your current research and programs? How can they contact you?
1: The best way to be able to contact us is to jump onto our website, which is mindstogether.org.au, and what people will find are videos and stories from people with lived experience. They'll find more information about the two programs that we're currently testing. So if you have a paramedic in your life that you're worried about, you can jump on right now and test out our um, program for family and friends supporting the mental health of a paramedic. If you have someone in your life who's attempted suicide, that program is also being tested right now. So family and friends, if someone who's attempted suicide, you can jump on the website and go into that program. But you'll also find other information to help you support your family and friend and ways to be able to look after yourself and to be able to care for them.
0: Yes, and from what you're saying earlier, people can share their stories as well to provide support for other people.
1: One of the the richest components of our programs is actually we've invited family and friends to come in and tell their stories. So we have video and audio of them actually talking about their experiences. And we invite the public to, to register on our together.org.au website if they want to learn more about our programs and if they want to be able to share their story in the future to be able to help other families.
0: Yes, and I guess something that we didn't discuss is these programs are free. Of these
1: programs are free. Yes. They're online. They can be done at a time that's really... Most um, relevant for the family or friends, we know that supporting someone else is really time-consuming. You don't have a lot of time in your day. Often you're caring for multiple people, so you might be supporting a spouse who's depressed, but you're also supporting your older parents or your children at the same time. Time's really difficult. So these online programs can be done when you're ready to do them at a pace that you're ready to do them.
0: Wonderful. Wonderful. Well, it's been a privilege to interview Dr Sally Fitzpatrick. It seems that the work of yourself and the EveryMind team is making a really valuable contribution to prevention of suicide and support of carers and family and friends in particular. On behalf of the Brainwaves team, we wish you continued success.
1: Susie, thank you for having me. It's been an absolute joy. I'd also like to acknowledge those with lived experience of mental ill health or suicide joining us today and acknowledge the important contribution of lived experience to the work that we not only do at Every Mind, but much more generally in mental health and suicide prevention. And your voice, the voice of lived experience, should always be at the
0: centre of everything we do. Thank you. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.